0: Quack 12 Podcast, the most official, unofficial, Oregon Ducks podcast on the web footosphere. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Quack 12 Podcast or visit our website, quack12podcast.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us five stars on your listening device. And if you'd like to support the show, please visit the Quack 12 Patreon page, where for a measly $5 a month, you can become an official Quack and unlock hundreds of hours of Oregon quack. Duck content. Quack. On to the show. Quack, quack, quack,
1: quack, 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 quack.
0: Twelve in. Oh! I am your host, Adam Jamail, and I'm Aaron Libby. That is right, and this is the Quack12 Podcast, the most official, unofficial Oregon Ducks sporting podcast on the Webfootosphere, and Aaron, I hope you have a lot of hate in your heart, because we play the Washington Huskies this Saturday, and I'm horrified. Uh, It'll be game day, too, by the way. Game day is coming to Seattle, Washington the eyes of the nation will be watching this game this most storied rivalry in what i will say is probably the most uh anticipated most hyped maybe most important Oregon Washington game in the history
1: of its series what do you think of this aaron well it might be the most important but i would need to know a bit more about the history of mm. the game. Mm. Because Context, they have saying. the Apple Cup. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. have the Classic Platty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which are both also going away. Yes, yes, unfortunately, But yes. are we not going to continue to play the Huskies because we're going with them? We will.
0: We will go to
1: the Big Ten so, with them. to date... Mm-hmm. maybe this is the most important. I can't say what's going to happen in the future. I mean, I Very can, true. but I won't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Anyway. Well,
0: I'll tell you this. As yeah. far as AP poll is concerned, which, you know, they've been ranking since, like, 1936. Is I believe that the it was Associated like, Press, Adam? That is exactly correct. They've been doing this bad boy since 36. You know, the, back then it was, like, top 10. Then there was top 15. I think in the 80s, early 80s, it expanded to 25. But if we're looking at the AP poll, um, there hasn't been many games in which Oregon and Washington have both been ranked and then played each other while they're both ranked. And certainly there has never been one in which both teams have been ranked top 10 like they are right now. And undefeated is also a very rare instance. I'm not even sure if it's
1: happened before. You it probably has because
0: we played early in the season. But
1: Here's yeah, the yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. What is the thing, Aaron? <sighs> the thing is that mm-hmm. someone's going to have to lose this game. And we're both <laughs> undefeated.
0: Yes. And it's going to crush the other fan base's soul when they lose.
1: Yeah, whoever loses it's going to suck more. And the worst part is in my preseason prediction, I said mm. 11 and 1 because Uh-oh. there was going to be a quirky one in there. Mm-hmm. And by jolly, I don't think this is a quirky game by any means. Uh, well, like losing who knows? to ASU is the game we would lose. Oh god. You know what that I mean? Is... Like a weird oh. one. Yeah.
0: oh, A weird one, that could be one. I mean, obviously Oregon State, that would be
1: mm-hmm. epic. Um, so I feel it, good that we're going to take this thing home. Okay. I will say, and I'm sure Hithloday will be able to uh, back me up on this when he comes mm-hmm. on. Is he mm-hmm. coming on? Yeah, he is.
0: Yes, he is. And in fact, I want to debut a new segment. I was thinking about this. For the people who are like, when the hell is Hithloday going to get on this podcast? Yes. Uh, look, if you are on YouTube, right now, we have a timestamp of Hithwatch. That'll be the exact time is about to jump on, so look at your screen now. Otherwise, I'll add my voice and post right now to tell you where to jump, skip ahead to. Yes! I'll do a really clean one right now. 4311. Alright, so okay. it's in there.
1: <laughs> yeah. For everybody that stuck around, thank you for choosing me over Hiddle yeah,
0: Day. Exactly. Everyone else, all those people that skipped ahead, those are idiots. Those are not yeah, real those fans. Y'all are the real, are real are morons. They're, they're more, just His Day's real. family
1: let's who be are apparently real. all in government somehow. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway. Like page- yeah, yeah. So, you know, we have the secret society on our side here as an Oregon Ducks team. Mm-hmm. Uh, True quackies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna win. I'm not scared. Well, let me say this, Aaron. Uh, Wait, what this... was I gonna? Who knows? Oh yeah, yeah, at this yeah. Point. This was, was all I was gonna say is that I feel like this is gonna be the game. It's two teams that have penalty things going all the time, so <laughs> it'll just be a game of mistakes. We've been it pretty good. might Be boring. It we've been be pretty the good the in penalties lately. Game ever. Yeah. Either
0: way, who? I mean, the have stakes we been are so We're high. good
1: at it. We get like six
0: or seven um we may be averaging that but last couple of games like against Stanford I think we had like two my man we're doing better yeah but that's Stanford you know that's
1: a team that we're (laughs) confident against
0: Mm. well I'll say our game against Texas Tech on the road that is the one thing really holding me up now that was early in the season obviously but We looked, like, pretty flawed. We did have a ton of penalties, like you're saying. Yeah. And it was because of the ferocious road environment. And this road environment is going to be crazy hectic, you know. Uh, They're not selling out as much as you would hope for a fan base, you know, that's, like, this hyped and and for a team that's this good and and for a rivalry this, you know, (laughs) full of hate. But... Uh, it, it's going to be a crazy loud environment in Seattle, college game day as well. And uh, so that, that could invite, you know, suddenly we're playing like the offense isn't as sure as possible. Like like maybe Bo Nix is, is not connecting on some deep shots. Against Stanford, you know, our first two drives were three and outs, if that were to happen in Washington and if Washington, if Michael Penix Jr., if they were able to draw some stuff over the bye week, we had a bye week, they had a bye week, they could be attacking us like a couple quick scores, suddenly we're down, you know, we're behind like yeah. 14-0 or something. No, like, it's all very real. Happen. Yeah, anything can happen. Talking about this, well, first of all, let's let's plug everything else before we get into a few crazy games that have happened in the past here i just highlighted a few nuts rivalry games between oregon and washington but before we get to that let's plug this damn show if you want to help us out go over to quack12podcast.com there you will find links to the patreon for five measly dollars a month you can get our whole history series quack in time we're up to the 60s i believe right now which we'll, we'll talk about some games older than you know because we got in a time machine and actually saw some of these games so we we can break it down for you there on the patreon but also we got a uh, some fun interviews we got some you know goofball episodes there uh duck D, yeah baby sounds just as nerdy slash cool as as you think it would be uh That's for five measly dollars. Speaking of five, you can also give us five stars over on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. The Quack Twelve page. Leave a comment. Helps people find this wonderful, wonderful podcast. And if you want to see our beautiful faces in our weird settings, go over to the YouTube page, Quack Twelve YouTube. Give us a subscribe. Smash that subscribe button, as they say. And we even have a TikTok. It's wonderful. Oh yeah.
1: I'll be spending my day listening to music, so I'm l- records and such, so I'll just be um, adding more to the schedule for TikTok releases. There you go.
0: Now that we've shamelessly plugged this show that they're already listening to, Aaron, this rivalry, I mean, it all started way back in the day. Would you say it's storied, Adam? I would say it's storied. In fact, I've said storied already. So I'll double down that oh. this is a storied rivalry. I do like that word. It is a fun one.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, it started, the series opened in 1900. Surprisingly, I wouldn't think this, you know, considering, like, the state of Eugene in ni- the year 1900 and the state of Seattle in 1900. Both are pretty podunk, but obviously one is still a a major northwest city and one is, like. A hick town at this point, Oregon dominated in that first game 43 to 0 to kick it off.
1: Well, and mm-hmm. yeah, already first you off, got, to, sorry. What do you got to say, yeah, I don't <laughs> know that was Seattle. I don't know that Seattle was a city at that point, it was just a logging community town with farmland everywhere, right? So, you would say it's a
0: town as opposed to a city, is what you're coming. I would down say with. it's a town.
1: Well, in comparison
0: sure. to. Eugene then, it's yeah, a city thing, i would say
1: the thing i don't want to gloss over here mm-hmm. is the fact that at this point the only way between the two is on like highway 99 or what we call highway 99 well, yeah well, I, Which what what would a highway be at that it would no, right. not exist it took yeah. a
0: whole day. a road
1: a dirt road <laughs> it was a road trip it Which probably is took just multiple crazy days. to think about that That's pr- I'm sure
0: it took multiple days in 1900 to get from Seattle to Eugene. God. Yeah, it had to. And it was probably fucking terrible. Probably literally dirt roads for all I know. Probably. We do uh, history, but not that much history, clearly. Um, but So then there was many, many games. We're going against them. I mean, obviously they got Gil Dobby, who, who just was destroying us left and right That's in right. the early 20th century. Uh, he looks horrifying as well. Well, just so you know
1: that's because it's, it's because they're cheating. Yeah, yeah. Every time they've ever beaten
0: us has been because they're cheating. But, and in fact, one game I wanted to point out really quick was in 1962. If you really want to speak about cheating, there is a really weird game where I mean, technically it was a 21 to 21 tie, and Washington had a really good season in 1962 us not so much but we would have beaten them and it would have been one of their few blemishes of that season except for as we were going for the game-winning score what would have been the game-winning score a mother multiple husky fans actually straight up tackled our man who was going for the touchdown. Like, it's in the air, flying towards him. Larry Hill is going for it. And then suddenly, as the newspapers say, like, he's not only going against two Huskies. He's going against a bunch of Husky fans because they're already crowding the end zone, like, just outside of the end zone. Right. And he's bobbling the catch, but, like, possibly could have caught it. But they just like basically bat that shit out of his hands. From what I've found, um, I wish there was more. I, I I found a couple different newspapers that talked about it. There wasn't as angry of Oregon fans as I would find. Like like Eugene Register just kind of put it as like, oh, and let's just say the Husky fans helped him out. And like, wow. So so that's certainly a bullshit one. The one that I think, or this isn't even a game per se. But in 1948, there was a really big moment that I think solidified Oregon's hatred for Washington. Mm. Like, where they really felt like if there were some kind of, you know, kinship, both being, you know, Northwest teams. Right. That this would have been the time for Washington to kind of back Oregon, but instead they stabbed him in the back. And that is... So, Oregon, in 1948, had a great season. They were looking to go to the Rose Bowl. And at this point, that was due to, like, you kind of had to be voted in by your fellow teammates or your, your fellow teams. Like, the the conference yeah. voted you in. This is the Pacific Coast Conference at this time. PCC, baby. At, that's right. Which, at this point, includes Montana. Montana's in there. Right. Now, California, who we didn't play, also had a good season. Uh, John McKay, Norman Van Brocklin was our quarterback. We were wanting to obviously be in the Rose Bowl. Everyone was expecting, okay, the California teams, they'll be voting for Cal. The Northwest teams, those are the ones that get a to vote for Oregon, and we should be able to get in at that point. Instead, Washington not only votes against us, but convinces Montana to also not vote against us or to vote against us and so we don't go to the rose bowl we don't go to the freaking rose bowl cal instead goes to the rose bowl they uh lose to northwestern on i believe they called it like the phantom touchdown because uh northwestern scores the touchdown the game-winning score but there's even a picture that solidified, because like, Cal was being like, no, they fumbled the ball before he crossed the end zone. And there's a picture where that shows that he's fumbling the ball before the end zone. But they're like, nope, we already called it Northwestern Wind. So they lost that Rose Bowl anyways. We desperately wanted to go to that Rose Bowl. Wow. We don't get a go. We hold that grudge on them forever, honestly. like It, it never ends. Just like that 1960s, those freaking fans, like we that stays in our memory as well. Now, as far as AP ranked games, I wanted to cover a lot of these because there are eight of them, I do believe, in total. And that is, which we have won almost all of them six of eight we've won when both teams are ranked in the top 25. Because we got uh, in 1990, was the first one we lost that one unfortunately 38 to 17 washington was 17 oregon was 19 but then in like 1995 was a huge one that is of course a year after the pick the pick kenny wheaton's pick in which right. he, you know like picked Rock brock and returned at 97 yards even though he didn't really have to um Uh, for the win, and then that really, that got us to, like, our first, like, Pac-10 championship. It really began, the 12 straight wins of just kicking their ass. It was, and it it meant, it was the beginning of, uh, I mean, the transition into the Mike Bellotti era and what Oregon is. Like, it just so happens that 94 game solidifies, basically, where the Ducks are now. And it gets, um, of course... This guy right here, old Phil Knight bobblehead. Um, Phil the Knight goal. gets decides to just give us a shit ton of money.
1: He's the money goat,
0: baby. Money goat, if you will. Um, but 95, we do win that game. That is a top 25 game. Uh, we beat number 15, Washington. In 2000, Joey Harrington, we just sit on the ball, which used to be Washington's way of winning, really. Um, we win that one, and then actually in 2001 we don't even play just because for some reason they decided that uh, we're rescheduling everything. Oregon and Washington won't play this season. They fortunately rewrited that because it's like why wouldn't we? Sh- that's we got to play every single year. We play every year except for like 2020 and like in the World War II era or something like that. Wow. So we miss in that one, but then. All the other AP uh, top twenty-five matchups, those happen during the Oregon dominating stretch, like a lot of Marcus Mariota years and such. Like in two thousand twelve, we win fifty-two to twenty-one. Two thousand thirteen, forty-five to twenty-four. Uh, there's of course the two thousand eighteen game, which was really great because that got the another legendary game. Unfortunately. 2017 is when they hung 70 points on us. It was Justin Herbert's first game as a starter. Um, It's, of course, called the points because Jake Browning, as he was running into Uh the end zone, points at us, and it's humiliating. But the very next year, there was that, of course, the Peyton Henry missed field goal. It's Mario Cristobal's first season, I do believe, as head coach, and he gets us the... The overtime win, C.J. Verdell erupting through the offensive line to get that short score for the win. Wait, was, was the 2017 game, is that the one we went to? No, that one, my friend, if I'm remembering correctly, that was 2000. 2000- Oh yeah, yeah. Two thousand seventeen. You are right. Yeah, two thousand seventeen was the one we went to. Two thousand sixteen is that terrible, no good game. Just uh, start. two thousand seventeen. Oh. We went to thirty-five to three. I am guessing. I am tr- off the top of my head. Uh, that was a brutal one. Braxton Burmeister led that. Right. We weren't top twenty-five. They were right, uh, Deservingly so. Unfortunately, but the only other top twenty-five matchups. Two thousand nineteen we beat them 35 to 31 in a in a nail biter. Um Jacob Easton led that team, I believe, right? And then, of course, that brings us to last year's game, 2022, in which Washington, behind Michael Penix Jr., escapes Eugene with a win after Bonix uh gets injured and and plays kind of gimpy and we even had an opportunity to like roar back but uh a really gimpy pass goes up in the air and it's it falls short. So not many top 25 matchups even, very I mean zero in which we're both top 10. There's plenty of other legendary games obviously like uh for example in the biggest even though uh, they scored 70 points on us in 2016 um there was two seasons. It's pretty funny. In 1973 we beat them 58 to 0, which is bonkers. That's wow. the most lopsided win in our history against them. The very next season, yeah. 1974 in Seattle, they oh beat us 66 to 0. Jeez. So he just reversed it. And that is in large part like they wanted to ramp up the score because what we did to them last year, the previous year.
1: Well, sure, you know, you want a tit-for-tat, which is a problem with uh, Mm -hmm. the human race. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But, uh, you know what you made me realize while you were going through most of those? What's that? The ones in which we've been doing the podcast, Mm -hmm. I don't remember them really at all. I don't remember a single game against the Huskies. Except for the one we went to. That's the only one I can be like, this game I do remember because we were sitting there in the shit of it. Including the last
0: year's heartbreaking loss in which I was at. You have no memory of that. Not really. Oh, my
1: man. I mean, you said Bo Nix got hurt, and I went... Oh yeah, that's right. Bo Nix was our
0: quarterback.
1: Last this season. is
0: a, this is the part where we have to uh mention that Aaron, you know, uh even though he's been a fan since, as we've said, the Willie Taggart era, uh if you can call it that. Turnhill will. As far as, you know, retention, um, uh, re- paying attention uh, really any form of duck knowledge or even college football knowledge that is just kind of flowing through him like like water through the Great Willamette River you know uh, right d- Don't expect Aaron to
1: really retain
0: any of this but in the heat of the Look, moment
1: he is there. If you decided to not click forward to the Hithliday part <laughs> and now you're wishing you had you kn- yeah, yeah my bad. Yeah. But also, hey, I'm glad
0: you're here still. He's coming up soon. <laughs> There's that at least.
1: Yeah, he's coming up soon. Just hang on. Just hang on Give a little Give me little bit six longer. more minutes. Just a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: so obviously, Washington has unfortunately <sighs> dominated this rivalry, I would say. I'm pulling up the Wikipedia right now. Wikipedia is a great site, Aaron. You would probably like this. So I you think can I just, have heard of it before. Checked it out once or twice. Yeah, it's fun. Um, it's it's reliable. It's good. So Oregon, Washington. It, it also compares them like as programs, as in like national championships, all time record, conference championship, bowl games, wins all time. Bowl record, consensus All-Americans, NFL draft picks, first-round NFL draft picks, weeks in AP poll, weeks at AP number 1, all of those categories that I just listed. Washington dominates us. Wow. They are better in every single one of those uh, those things that I just listed. The one thing we have over them, the one thing is Heisman winners. We have one Heisman winner, Marcus Mariota. They surprisingly have zero. Wow. I am a bit surprised by that. That doesn't the mean a whole lot 90s. either. I feel yeah. like, though, the other ones,
2: the other ones feel pretty
0: important. I'd rather have a national championship than a Heisman. I'll tell you that much.
1: Yeah. Also, yeah. well, okay. Here's what. Here's another question for Aaron, who doesn't pay attention. I don't mm-hmm. know what our ranks are. Have you brought that up already? Right now, uh, we are number eight. They are number seven. Right. Okay. So it it's only really it stayed the same basically.
0: Uh, basically, yeah. I think we both went up one. Right. I think we should have gone more, but whatever. Uh, and whoever wins this is likely going to be at top least, five. I top five. Top five seems safe that they wow. wouldn't do the Pac twelve that dirty. It's clear, like, one of these teams is the top of the conference, uh, but we'll figure out who. Now, overall, the record stand. And, and keep this in mind. We're not too far off from coming off of 12 straight wins against Washington. All right? 12 straight wins. Washington currently has a 60—they've won 61 times, we've won 48 times, and there have been five ties. So they still have a 13-game advantage over us. They have dominated.
1: Okay, so I have to ask. Mm -hmm. They, you could say that they took the first cycle, right, where they pretty much just dominated us through the 1900s for that first 20-something years or whatever. More, honestly, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, they didn't, like, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once, I guess, really, my confidence level will be living inside of the question, where are we at in our dominance cycle over them, right? Well, I'll tell you this. Like I I was saying,
0: we had those 12 straight wins. Right. And then even, you know, the times were supposed to be good matchups. Um, thank goodness to our Heisman winner, Marcus Mariota. But like 2012, 2013, we kicked some butt. Like it wasn't even close. 52, 21, 45 to 24. Um, so, but since, but then there was obviously like, that's why the point, you know, the Jake Browning absolute beat down in 2016, which was our huge fall from grace. Sure. Obviously, like we were this nationally relevant, not too far off from even, you know, uh, competing in the national championship, just plummeting after that 2015 season, which I love big play V.A. Vernon Adams Jr., you know, and he got us that win. he I remember he was injured for many much of the season because his old team, Eastern Washington, broke his finger and. We were, you know, it looked like we were going to lose that game because our backup quarterback wasn't it, as we found out in the uh, Alamo Bowl. But Vernon Adams Jr. was able to heal up, come back for the Washington game, and it was a close one, but beat them. That was our final win out of that 12-win streak and then 2016, that's kind of why they ran up the score, too, is like they were so sick and tired of losing to us. Chris Peterson really had that team humming. That was the season yeah. that they went to the nation, uh, to the playoffs because Oregon and Washington are the only teams to make it to the playoffs of the Pac-12, and it felt like a passing of the torch for a second there. Then there's the game we were at, 2017, which was still a beatdown. In that 2018 game, um, it, it felt like Cristobal had us there. I mean, uh, we, we really, you know, it was close, and it took a missed field goal right. for us to get there. But we won, and then we lost in embarrassing freaking fashion to Washington State, not too much later. And then Arizona, even. But um, that, that was Cristobal things. Uh, but we got back on track after that. Because, like, 2019, 2020 was canceled due to COVID. Which
1: means we win.
0: We win. Yeah. We, we win that one. And then, uh, but yeah. So, I mean, there
1: were some less. So, yeah, like, that's what yeah. I'm saying. You know, we're back sure the they've 20, won yeah. a couple over the last long period of time. Yeah. So, how many more years of total satisfaction do we get before it switches back over and they start being the dominating power? Well, that's the question, man. I, I, I think, think it'll be we're a much more win back this season forth. because of that, or this game because of that. I
0: don't think we're, I don't think they'll ever really be like a 12 game. I mean, who's to say? I don't think either team's going to win 12 or, you know, because they had a stretch too where I think they won like 14 out of 15 or something. Well,
1: that's what like I'm talking that. about.
0: Yeah. So they were dominant too.
1: You know, you can, over a span of 20 years, You can Mm. lose three or four of those games. I mean, you can, sure. And (laughs) so right now, we've lost two. So I'm just trying to say, I'm trying to figure out where we are in the cycle. I'll tell you this. Aaron,
0: I'll tell you this. It's a new era. It really is. I mean, first of all, we're going to a fucking new conference. This is crazy. Mm -hmm. We've always been in a Pacific conference, you know, whatever it was called. It was always based around the Pacific. Now we're in the freaking middle of the country. We're in Cornsville. So it really feels like as far as the Oregon-Washington, well, not only that, but it's very rare, as we've been pointing out here, that both teams are nationally relevant. Both teams are actually good, like on the same playing field. Like right now, Oregon is actually recruiting better than them still. But um both teams are recruiting very well. Both teams have very good coaches, very good coaching staffs. Money is being put in, you know, is in both programs comparatively so, like it, it's we're on equal footing and that hasn't real and that not footing happens to be like top tier right. college football and that's a new era. That's a new era for this rivalry, which doesn't even really have a name.
1: You know, it's just. So I liked Cascade Clash. I heard that. Yeah, when you when you break it all down, it just mm-hmm. it just really sparks my conspiracy brain into. Well, we're about to head into a new market, so now, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It's like they're putting mm-hmm. a little spit shine on baby boys before they get thrown into the den of wolves, kind of a deal. Yeah.
0: Well, especially this is considered. This is going to replace, really, the. I mean, the Blatty, the Oregon versus Oregon State game, just like the Apple Cup, Washington versus Washington State. It's possible that those games will exist on an annual basis, but so honestly, boring. it's unlikely. It's honestly unlikely. Do it in practice, and, <laughs> and so it's gonna yeah, and so it's gonna be Oregon Washington. In Rivalry Week, um, you know, when when, when Ohio is, State and Michigan are playing stuff. That'll this be, is like, when those
1: games happen. Mm. When we are continually denied getting to go to the national championship, regardless <laughs> of how good we do, mm-hmm. <laughs> when they continuously ignore us. <laughs> okay. You know, there's that thing in basketball oh, where it's like the uh, – Rather than going to the thing, you go to the shitty thing, and you try to be the best of the shitty. I'm not quite sure. Oh, when you're relegated in soccer, is that what you're talking no, about? No, basketball. Or? The thing when it goes to the cha- the playoffs or whatever, and then it's like y'all aren't even good enough to go to the playoffs. So oh, you're talking you your about own college baby basketball, the NIT. Yeah. Okay. So whenever we don't get to go get to play the thing because the man keeps us out, mm. we'll just have our own little four, you know, four team little. Uh, does that make sense? Like We'll play we'll play Oregon State They'll play Washington State And then the oh. winner of those two get to go play each other We'll do Dude, our own little thing Get,
0: get the idea of Oregon, playing Oregon State out of your head Because that's dead now
1: like, We're doing it part post-season of it When everybody's like, oh, it's <laughs> the playoffs We're so excited, we'll be like, yeah, we're supposed to be there But they snubbed us again
0: I mean, I like that idea
1: So we're just going to just- have our own little thing
0: or just like a June game against Oregon. Yeah, State? we'll have sure. the
1: Eugene High School uh come film it and air it on public access. I watch that sometimes on Friday. I watch some high school games. I'm
0: that much of a sicko. But Aaron, that's that's basically uh that's basically it. That's that's a lot of the big high points of the rivalry. There's a whole lot of Washington just dominating us, especially in the Don James era. Though we in 1980, we did get a good, uh, you know, like we got a little, we ruined their season a little bit, but then they had a great season at the end. So it's been mainly Washington beating us. There's that one great stretch, which happens to coincide with Washington in a rare downslide while Oregon is in its highest uptick in its entire history those two things happen to combine. Um other than that, this is this is new territory, man. And this Saturday is is going to determine a whole lot cuz this is the hardest game. Utah, I mean, in Salt Lake City, that is a tough one, but they are not what we thought they were going into the season, especially with their injuries, but just in general, um USC also, it's just it's just their defense is so freaking bad, and they're playing in Eugene, so on the road in Seattle, this is the toughest game. Um, this needs to get all of our attention. Both teams, like we said, had bye weeks, so they're like full focus on each other. College game day will be
1: there, so the whole nation's watching it. Wow, this is. Do you remember just, that it time when, like when you got to be famous on game day? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, now See, that's the go stuff there. I remember. I don't remember the games for shit, but all the little things surrounding them, that's the stuff I'll
0: remember. Okay, can I say? Well, luckily, you'll be there at, you know, from 9 p.m. to 6 in the morning the next day, holding the Quack 12 sign. Yep. To represent us there.
1: Everyone, keep your eye out. Yeah, I'm going to have to look up where they gather up for game day so I can go over there. not like Huh? The, the campus. UW campus. But, like, by the stadiums, in the quad, in the red square.
0: I think the quad, because they need enough space, you know. Uh, Last time they were in uh, Seattle for game day, too. We won that game, too. So maybe that's a good sign. Who knows? That's a great sign. Also, a little extra spicy juju here. Um, Game day, for some reason, specifically Pat McAfee, one of their more loud, annoying hosts, he's been talking a ton of shit on Wazoo. And the fact that they do their flag, you know, old crimson at every single college game day, they've, they, no matter where it is oh, in the yeah. country.
1: I feel like some big company took those people as a commercial. Uh, anyway. I'm
0: sure. Uh, but they, he's been talking crap about them. So there's a lot of rumors that a bunch of Washington State fans are coming to this game just to, like, you know, shit all over them. And so there's going to be hopefully some Wazoo fans joining in on the hate for us. That's what I'm hoping.
1: That's what I'm hoping. For Aaron. us?
0: Yeah, well, against the Huskies, they're for us. That's what I hope. Who knows? Like your enemy, you know, the enemy of them. my enemy is my Right, 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 right. Speaking of which, Aaron. Actually, not speaking of which. I was just trying to force a transition here. We got a commercial. Let's get to that commercial break, shall we? All
1: right, let's do it. And then we'll be right back with Day. With
0: Day, Quack, quack. Well, Aaron, hate to say it, but the time machine is broken.
1: I mean, this whole thing was running off the power of your cell phone. And obviously, when we hit 1894, there's no longer cell service or Wi-Fi connection. So
0: not going to lie. I did not think this through. God almighty, Adam, what are we supposed to do now? I mean, we're in Eugene, Oregon in 1894. We could check out the very first duck game. Maybe it's a good thing.
1: No, it's not good. Look, we've already been here for about five days, and the very first thing I learned living in Eugene, Oregon, is that shows have been banned that are quote-unquote unchaste And demoralizing. And that's kind of the only kind of content we know how to make, dude. We
0: can review every duck season as it happens. Even the
1: children here are freaky.
0: Then post it on the Quack12 Patreon in the future.
1: I mean, it's just really hard to not spoil, you know, tragic national events.
0: Imagine it, a weekly show dedicated to Oregon football history with two charismatic time traveling stoner hosts.
1: We live in the most expensive house in Eugene and it's a fucking shack.
0: And the most beautiful thing about it? We can charge them a measly five bucks in the future and when we get it in the past we'll be freaking millionaires comparatively and I'm talking robber baron status baby.
1: Adam, I make bugs fight in a shoebox just to simulate television.
0: All listeners would have to do is go to patreon.com slash quack12 and sign up for hundreds of hours of duck entertainment.
1: But the hooch is good. In fact, it's kind of got me wanting to try my my own hand at it.
0: That's right. For a measly $5 a month, that's patreon.com slash quack12. Now let's go watch them lemon yellows give those hay seeds what for.
1: And keep your eye out for Dr. Schroeder's blueberry wine.
0: And we're back on quack. Quack, quack,
1: quack, quack, quack.
0: Aaron, there's a lot of hate in our heart, but in order Not for mine, us- baby.
1: Well, But I get why you say it. I understand the sentiment, but I don't like the word.
0: Then I raised you wrong because you should have hate (laughs) for these people.
1: Yes, (laughs) that's that's so funny. Bad dad, bad dad.
0: Absolutely. By the way, you know one thing I don't like? AI is officially getting into every single aspect of our life, including our hate week. Because lately on, on Twitter, on X... Yes, it's a terrible website, but I'm still on it. At Quack12 Podcast. Um, lately, instead of all these, you know, fun little... You know, people would do fun little clip arts, little weird videos, GIFs. You know, maybe you just send some good old-fashioned hate words to people. The latest trend has been AI art to, like you know, puddles peeing on a husky. And then they just post that. Or like, huskies tearing apart a duck. And then posting uh-huh. that. And I'm just like, it's just lazy as hell. Well, it looks weird. No, it's I don't not, like it.
1: What you're talk what you are upset about is the fact that you're talking about a technology in its infancy. So you're gonna get yeah. output that looks like a baby could make it. I'm not because gonna like it. the problem it. is, yeah. we're not, pr- as a civilization, we're not Prompt savvy yet. As we integrate AI into governmental systems and the average university goer stops learning to code and learns how to prompt, mm. then you're going to be like, AI is the coolest thing ever because now I know how to prompt it and I just made uh, my own movie that's better th- than anything Score Cheesy has ever done.
0: This sounds terrible. This sounds exactly the reason why I hate it and fear it. But Hey, old man.
1: All I'm going to say is move out of the way, all right?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds terrible. Uh, then we don't even have to play the football games. So we can just let the algorithm tell, tell- us who won. Yeah.
1: Are you telling me you would prefer to have 400, 500 corrupted human individuals deciding the fate of billions of people? Instead. over a computer that can look through time
0: yeah but and say, who's, who watches the computer
1: that's what i'm saying the prompters aaron <laughs> aaron look i need to, i need to show you my sci-fi novel called the prompters it'll I'm sure. make everything clear
0: I'm sure, yeah. And then join your weird religion. We're gonna get it's, on a boat it, yeah, yeah, and go yeah. out into the Mars, uncharted waters or whatever. Yeah, Mars. Um, Aaron, the way I prefer my information to come to me is to have one person out there, you know, anonymously, anonymously looking through every single stat, every single play, using charting Excel things, using many Excel spreadsheets. Um, painstakingly going through all of these games, opponents, and then putting them together, maybe in an article, maybe in an article that you can find on Addicted to Quack, which is, of course, managed, edited, ran by our wonderful guest, Hithliday, Hithliday1, you can find him on Twitter. How you doing, uh, Addicted to Quack, I almost called you. Uh, Hithliday, how's it going, buddy? Uh, I'm well. How are you? I I'm uh, I want to win this game so badly. Is there? I mean, are you nervous for the day? Are you nervous for the game? I know you find comfort in stats and in actually watching this footage, but is, do you get the same just gut, just wrenching that all of us other duck fans do?
2: No. Oh, that's, that's that's that must why be why nice. you do this. When
1: when you see the inevitability of. We will probably lose this game by about 10 points.
0: (laughs) No. Does your
1: heart break? Or are you like, well, at least I feel calm in the resolute knowledge of this fact?
2: I mean, look, uh, you know, college football is played by 19-year-olds with a funny-shaped ball. You know, crazy stuff can happen, uh, you know, especially when you go on the road in sort of raucous, you know, wacky environments. Yeah. it, the the point of doing like film study and you know the the way that i uh, approach these things is sort of understanding fundamental strength on fundamental strength to predict like uh, and understand like how should the game you know proceed like how ought the game be played like what are the what's the baseline mm-hmm. and like and sort of understanding you know what does the game look like if they played the game a hundred times what would it look like you know 90 times out of the hundred times and there and then understanding that like maybe you just you know so that if the game like goes sideways because of some special teams craziness you know or or you know the ball bounces some funny way or you know the opponent just gets away with some you know super uh, lucky play or something like that because you
0: decided to run cj verdell instead of like being it to run out some clock
2: (laughs) we'll talk about that later don't worry (laughs) like uh you know that you can just appreciate that like oh i just live in one of the you know the many strands of the multiverse in which a crazy thing happened and it's it's like rather than feeling like the weight of the universe is upon you uh, of you know you're just like oh a crazy thing happened okay well crazy things happen you know so, hypothetically, uh-huh. are Doctor
0: Strange—that's actually the title we should have been giving him this whole time. Oh, he's, shit. he's because he's looking at all these multiverses and he's seeing it. You know, like when we beat Ohio State, that was him like pulling up the the one signal to be like, "This is the one universe in which we beat Ohio State." Um, I, it's-
2: It's more like Dune. It's more like the opening of Dune where, you know, in the litany against fear in which he he says, you know, I will let it pass over me and through me and I will turn the mind's eye and look backward, you know, at it. So you are a god emperor is what you're saying? It's more like when you let it pass and view it in hindsight, it seems small and ridiculous, you know, Mm. and when it's coming at you, the way that you're viewing it now like such three-dimensional beings are you? Like mm. when you're yeah. viewing it now as this game that's coming up on you, mm-hmm. right? It seems this monstrous onrushing force. Uh, this dude, game has uh, already happened, Adam. Mm. That's what I'm trying to say, Aaron. Right. Like you're saying it with a joke in your voice, but what I'm saying <laughs> is that this game has already happened. Right. Right. Like, it, it has. Like, the the universe is a four-dimensional space. The game has already happened, mm-hmm. right? A- and it's merely a question of, like, on which quantum, you know, timeline does the probability collapse to. But it's already happened, um, you know? Well, so, I who think... wins? Yeah, who wins? Sir? Well, I, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure which, you know, timeline it's collapsed to, but the probabilities, <laughs> you mm. know, are already there in film study. And they're finite, so... Let's yeah. talk about
0: so the saddest did, yeah.
2: timeline would be
0: us uh, getting blown out, which I I don't think there's a timeline where we're held to
2: zero points. Like I, I truly don't sure. think that. I mean, but that, I that can, would require Washington playing much better defense than they've yeah. played in more than a decade. Exactly.
1: But man, that's it, the worst thing you can think of happening. I've got so many worse timelines. Well, okay. Well, in
0: which the game is completed. And one wins and one loses uh-huh. and stuff like that. Like obviously, injuries is always a huge thing. We don't really need sure. to bring that. But so, so worst timeline. There are line. many definitions
2: of worst. I, yeah, I, I think maybe <laughs> Adam and Aaron may be using different definitions. Yeah, like yeah. a really bad timeline or, yeah. that
0: is somewhat realistic. That isn't mm-hmm. like Cthulhu comes from the fifty-yard line. Oh my god! And, yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah, and Michael Penix Jr. rides him for a touchdown. No, um, I, in my head, a realistic really bad result for us would be we go up into Seattle, all of our penalty problems, which, you know, seem to be coming on and off right now. We seem to be in a decent place after coming off that Stanford game, but all of them come here. Our, Our own line is not clicking because of the heinous, loud, raucous environment of Seattle. Um, mm-hmm. uh, our secondary is had I, a I,
2: third cup of coffee in the morning, and so yeah. therefore are slightly louder than their gray souls are typically yeah. capable of. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, hey. Hey. hey, 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 hey! Yeah, yeah. Hey, well, are you hey, a Husky hey. fan or the, a Duck fan? All right? The army uh, of tow trucks is in action. They've cleared all the carnage from the freeways, <laughs> and so people are actually able to make it to the game. Cool, cool.
0: Uh, um, the the boats are having a great time. Um, and they, they
2: actually get off of the sailboats and into the
0: yeah. stadium. And um, our secondary is is a, is a bit exposed, maybe, or maybe they just game plan enough where they get a, a quick lead. Um, I, I don't imagine this in any way being a 7D to they sit 21. on that lead
2: because they can't run.
0: Yeah, know. I know. Well,
2: I, I'm trying to imagine what is the actual worst... Realistic outcome in which we lose. This I mean, game. Uh, again, there's multiple definitions of worse. But yes. I mean, but that's sort of the reason why spoiler alert. I'll pick Oregon in this game is that like Oregon's a, a more complete team, right? Like they have mm-hmm. a multi-dimensional offense. They, the, you know, they they have a multi. Their defense is is can do multiple things they Mm -hmm. can rush the passer they can play in coverage they can stop you know stuff the run they can you know they prevent explosive runs whereas you know washington tends to be a a team that you know is pretty one-dimensional right like for washington to win the game only washington's wins all look the same right like they 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 hit explosive passes because their their passing game between the 20s is absolutely lethal Mm-hmm. Um but but then that's it that's that's the tool that they have in the drawer um yeah. you know their horizontal passing game is is not that great they they were able to write it to a win against Arizona, um, but that's just because Arizona's defensive talent wasn't able to, like, get to the check down fast enough to keep that guy from gaining six yards, and therefore mm-hmm. Washington would eventually march down the field. Oregon is capable of, of keeping those gains from being six yards. You know, instead they'll be more like, you know, yeah. probably be more like two yards, and it sort of changes the calculus, right? Because yeah. Oregon's defense is what I'm saying is that Oregon's defense is sort of multi dimensional in that way yeah you know and and you know like washington can't run the ball you know at all and and, and, you know and and, you know uh you know washington's defense like you know they're having difficulty rushing the passer this year they're they're pretty good at, at preventing explosive plays but they'll let you have efficiency plays all day long you mm-hmm. know they they're 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 better in coverage you know but, but like i said that they're having difficulty you know rushing the passer you know et cetera. so it's like you know they'll let you have efficiency drives uh you know and they're just betting that you that you don't care for efficiency drives because you're probably going to be in the hole against them against their like scary passing offense and so teams sort of like give that up you know but if you're able to keep up with them in terms of scoring you know like hey they have yeah. got a role in other words like you know Washington is just like less of a complete team than Oregon is and so therefore like the I just sort of think the smart money is always on the more complete mm-hmm. team that's that's not really an Oregon Washington team that's just always if you give me two teams you know that the the uh, of like roughly equal you know total capabilities but one is a multi-dimensional team and one is a a more one-dimensional team you know give me the multi-dimensional team uh the the one-dimensional team can always win the game it's just that they have one way of winning the game mm-hmm. you know you like the, it, things got to go that one way you know for that to win the game and so when you ask me like hith what's the worst case scenario for the ducks i'm like there's no work. like there's no range of possibilities mm-hmm. there's o- there's only one you know <laughs> uh, like i can't i can't answer that question because th- there's only one there's like it's penix hits a, a million passes you yeah. know for for 30 yards and and so that you you know they, they score a bunch of points and Oregon doesn't score as many points mm-hmm. like that that's it there's only one answer to that question Adam the
0: the sure tackling of Oregon secondary and Oregon's defense in general is what has kind of calmed me down going into this not not thinking that we're going to be completely blown out because like Washington against Arizona um Arizona kind of did force them to yeah go for those Kind of check downs, quicker mm-hmm. things, and then they would, like you said, miss a bunch of tackles, or, or you know, or the, or just the guy would blow through them or something like that. And no one's really done that to Oregon. And like when we were playing, I mean, if this was in autumn, against Colorado, different levels of talent. But Colorado was kind of forced to do that, too, and it just never looked like that was yeah. ever going to be a winning strategy against this Oregon team. Right.
2: I mean, the difference between Colorado and and Washington's passing game is that, like, Colorado's quarterback and Colorado's deep passing game, like, it, you know, Co- Colorado's quarterback wants to hold the ball for mm-hmm. a really long time, and their deep passing game is based on holding the ball, you know, like finding that that pass. And like Washington, they really want to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands pretty quick. You know, like last year it was a really high percentage of throws um, that, that was out of the quarterback's hands within two seconds. This year it's come down quite a bit, although a lot of that is just because the sample size uh, the, or the sample has changed, um, you know, because so much of it is the Arizona game because like all the rest of their games have gone into garbage time so fast. Um, yeah. But anyway, like, you know, they're down to something like, I'm sorry, I don't have the number right in front of me, uh, something like 64% of their passes are out of the quarterback's hands within like two seconds of the snap, wow. um, which is, I mean, yeah, but it's sort of like it's the nature of Kalen DeBoer's passing system, which I've been watching for four years now because, I, you know, I started watching his Fresno team in 2020, right, because Oregon mm-hmm. opened with them in 2021, And I've got like four years or like, I mean, less than that, because the 2020 season was shortened and I've only got five games in 2023. So whatever that works out to, you know, that many games on Kalen DeBoer's passing system. And like, I can't quite crack it. You know, uh, in terms of like what the the pass is going to be based on pre snap reads, but it is based on pre snap reads. It's why they do so many you know man in motion things. They're they're creating, you know, that's what the man they they're constantly setting a man in motion pre snap. And what they're doing is a revealing man versus zone coverage and. B, they're begging for zone because they really just shred zone coverage. And then C, based on that, they're identifying where your hole in coverage is going to be. And then they're just nailing you with it, you know, on the pre-snap read. Um, And... And, and this is different. Like, please, anybody who's listening to this, do not read this as me saying I think that Michael Penix is a bad quarterback. I do not think that, not in the slightest. Um, but I am saying that, like, the whole brilliance of Kalen DeBoer's passing system is that it lets the quarterback know where the throw is before the ball is even snapped. And so, therefore, he's able to get rid of the ball before, you know, the pass rush is even an issue. Mm-hmm. Which is really good news for Washington because their offensive line is just terrible. Um, <laughs> it's just it, it means that it doesn't matter. Like the, the, the pass rush like and, and so here that's the other real benefit that Washington get is that so many defensive coaches watch Washington's film and they see that like the the the, the offensive line just can't protect like they really can't like anybody who mm. watches Washington film and thinks that they're seeing a good offensive line. Because, like, the sack numbers are low, like, you really need to get your head examined. Like, they're, <laughs> it's just bad. Like, it's really yeah. bad, man. And also examine but, the teams they've played this season. Well, too, I, I mean, that, no, man, that's not even a good argument, Adam, because, like, even the bad teams that they've played have been getting good pressure True. on them. It's just that the pressure is irrelevant because, number one, you know what i said mm-hmm. you know the the, the balls out of the quarterback's hand so fast mm. and number two Penix is just absolutely incredible just uh, he's one of the most remarkable quarterbacks i've ever seen mm-hmm. in that he dgaf about a dude who's about to annihilate him <laughs> um it is i'm i am so amazed by that guy in his like a, a a guy is about a microsecond from blowing him or a guy will have his hand on him and he is still in excellent throwing form throwing an excellent you know deep accurate you know downfield ball i mean it is like i could fill my entire article Hmm. with clips of uh, of of uh, you know where A a pass rusher like literally has his hand on him and he is still like he does not panic. He doesn't try to scramble. He doesn't like go down. I mean, he will eventually wind up on his butt because that's what happens when a defensive tackle is sitting on top of him, but like, or is you know contacting him, but not before the ball is off. Mm-hmm. You know, it is it's it's just absolutely amazing. Like he's got no fear, and yeah. he his his throw, his form doesn't break down or his accuracy doesn't break down. And not yeah. only that,
0: but he's paired with like an OC and a coach that are also willing to be like, hey, if you if the deep man is open and there's a possibility, if you think you can yeah, do nail it. a
2: perfect pass, yeah, then they go for it. Man. Man. Yeah, they don't yeah. alter the system. They don't be like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, th- that's number. There's another part, but I'll, I'll, I'll back you up. To, you're you're totally right. don't they don't they don't act. Some offensive coordinators are just like, oh man, we are giving up so much pressure. We better abandon the pass. You know, we mm-hmm. better do some different things. Not these guys. They're like, nope, this is working. I believe in you. You know, Michael, go for it. You know, and they do over and over and over. So like, good for them. And then the other thing is they've got like three wide receivers who are just excellent, you know? And mm-hmm. if you go to man, which is the right way to beat him, you should play them in man. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, most teams do not have the ponies to keep up with them in man and snap after snap after snap. Um, like, you can Like, most... Like, it's actually... You know, most teams can't handle doing man against them. In fact, my article is going to be filled with clips about like, here's even like a low level G5 team with five, all five of their receiving targets being covered in man for three seconds. And therefore, Penix has to get rid of the ball, you Mm -hmm. know, like you can do it. But it's like, can you do that for 70 snaps? Yeah. You know, like, because if you fall down once, he's going to find it and, yeah. you know, 50 yard pass touchdown, you know, like, so that's it. You know, like, it's that's really hard, you know, yeah. it's really hard.
0: Yeah, I, I I mean, obviously, keep your eyes on this feed because we will be diving deeper into this team, deeper into this roster before the big game. But uh, as of right now, you know, I think we should move on to the rest of the Pac-12
1: Yeah, I feel zero worry.
0: Even before that, Aaron, I just want to, because I don't really know where I'm going to jam this piece of information that you don't have in, and it's not really relevant to anything we're talking about, but I wanted to tell you. So, Miami, they're playing Georgia Tech, right? And Mario Cristobal, like, pretty ugly game in general, but they are up. They can win the freaking game. I think they're around, like, like, under 40 seconds or something like that. Like, enough time where if they need the ball, they win the game. The other Georgia Tech is out of timeouts. Sure. They need the ball. They win the game. Instead, Wait, they run on. the ball.
2: Well, am you, I wrong? You need to clarify because Aaron is imagining something. Yeah. You, he's imagining that you take a knee to the ball and try to, like, punt it with your knee. Oh, yeah. No, you <laughs> knee. You, just you take get a you knee get on the field okay. and you let the clock run out. Oh, oh, did it? I okay, underestimate yeah. Aaron? You did. did. <laughs> uh, that,
0: everyone gets one with that. But, he's right.
2: fallen He's
1: fallen for my ploy. The man thinks I'm an <laughs> idiot. Now I strike.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, literally, all he has to do is knee the ball, run out the clock, you win the game. Instead, they elect to run. Right. Which is yeah. like, in theory, once he's tackled, you're still going to run fine. out the clock. and You're still going to win the game. The only thing you need to not do is fumble. Well, the dude fumbles. And that is like rare. Like, it is kind of crazy that he fumbled. But that's why I mean. Everything
2: need. that happens in this <laughs> is crazy.
0: And then and then so the, Georgia Tech now has the ball. They're still, like, you know, hovering around, I think, like, 40, 30-yard line. So they still got not much time, and they have to get a touchdown to win. Right. Somehow, Georgia Tech's receivers, which this isn't a team fully loaded with talent or anything. No. Get behind all of Miami's secondary. The dude uh, quarterback rolls out. Boom. Passes it. Touchdown pass, final seconds of the game, boom, Mario Cristobal loses. Like, truly, like, the discussion has opened. Like, this is one of the worst botched coaching, like, last second losses. In our wonderful college football history, I mean, obviously wow. there's a million. At, there, there's only so many ahead of it wow. in the history of the entirety, entire, entire. sport where it's like, yeah. This is what happens. Anyways, uh I just want. I needed to pepper that in somewhere. We
2: don't have much time. We uh, should Well, get it's, it's relevant the because there's a, a similar thing that happened to Oregon, yeah. Against not exactly Stanford the same. In People it's not exactly the same. Comparing it and a bit too it, much. It drives everybody crazy because, like, in the Georgia Tech game, it's like a series. A of very low probability events has to happen in order for Miami to lose, but like <laughs> it's a zero probability event of them losing if they just take a knee. Yeah. And so like the difference between a low probability event and a zero probability event is infinite. Mm-hmm. So like that you know that's what causes people to lose their mind. But like as an analyst, what causes me to lose my mind is that like the end of games are immaterial. That the thing that's material is that they were within striking distance of Georgia Tech, a team yeah. that they have like. Like a massive talent advantage versus, and Georgia Tech got blown out the week before by Bowling Green, a team that just got blanked by like I forget Houston or some other like team that's not very good, uh, like. Yeah, that's the you know like if you want to look for evidence of Mario Cristobal like you know having a, a rough time at at Miami, the fact that it, the the game was close enough to uh, yeah. Miami of Ohio. Oh, that's funny. Um, <laughs> Miami of Ohio, was they beat the them. Just blanked. No, the, <laughs> Miami of Ohio blanked Georgia Tech. That's right. Or, or, uh, Miami, Miami, Ohio, played Miami, Bowling Ohio, Green one, Bowling right? When Green destroyed Georgia Tech. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so, like, I mean, just, yeah, it's r- ridiculous. Uh, was there, um, some kind of end game, like, if, if the running
1: back was to, you know, gain three yards, it would that set some kind of precedent for if the? If you would have yards? been tackled, yeah, so the play would have ended. You know, like...
2: actually, Aaron is 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 onto something here. The running back had like had ninety nine yards. He just come back from like a gruesome injury, and he had like ninety nine yards in the game. And so Cristobal was apparently trying to get him to a hundred, because, <laughs> sure. like that's a number worth, you know, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, and like I said, it's a low probability. Of, the sequence of events that had to happen is so low probability it's almost not worth worrying about. It's just yeah. that it was versus a zero probability, yeah. Yeah. It, you know, and the difference right. between low and zero is infinite. You know, anyway, we, like but who you, knows you take a knee, something weird happens and the ball
1: still pops out because I that's mean, what it's
0: destined to do. That's yeah. barely any. We really got to get moving yeah. though. Right, I just had on, to let's bring get it up. Out out Bye. Okay. Right. Here we go. <laughs> the great Segment of them all that I always I love. Need that. To pull Thanks up. for
1: bringing it up.
0: Oh, yeah, it's fun. Of course. The pigs.
1: The pig. The
0: pigs.
2: The pig.
0: The great pick 'em challenge, everybody. Um, so, starting off, we had a bunch of bye weeks. This bye week uh, will come to Arizona State. Arizona State, um, they did, in fact ugh <sighs> lose again i was i was rallying for them i'm always rallying for them but um who the hell do they play i can't even remember
2: colorado oh there yeah this was a close game it was Christ. actually if it weren't for the fact that the, the game of the century was on uh, <laughs> from for their uh hated territorial cup rivals um, yeah no joke like we'll this that. would have been the game of the week like yeah, because um, uh, Arizona, like Scadaboo
0: again, who took a bunch of damage in this, and uh, uh, Borgay was out there, and he was someone that I mean, he looked more sure I mean, than he was Pine the leading passer
2: in the game. Yeah, he he outpassed Shadur Sanders. Yeah, Shadur Sanders, like
0: Colorado had to rally. Um, they flexed on the crowd, which is good heel move, but also yeah. like, dude, you're playing against Arizona state. Man. And actually I was really impressed with like Arizona state's crowd. Compared yep. to, like, oh, I don't know, the UCLA wazoo game, yep. which was like huge implications, big time yeah, right. game, nobody in the stands compared to Arizona State versus Colorado, which, yeah, you know, again, yeah, this.
2: definitely. Is- if you want to dunk on any crowd in yeah. Pac 12, oh, it my should definitely God. be UCLA's crowd. Like,. It's it's
0: pretty pathetic, honestly, compared to like you know again Dion factor a little bit here, but no. Also, ASU has some good ass fans, man. Like, I I wanted them to win. Um, I didn't pick them to win, but I, I was really rooting for them. But now they got a bye week to to try to plan a way to win a Pac-12 game. <laughs> that's the goal. I'll hopefully, they play Stanford. I do believe this season that's going to be the game of the century. God, I hope uh... they do. Anyways.
2: I, I believe they do, yeah,
0: they uh, you hope so. um now we'll talk to the, about the real games here. Colorado coming off of that win, uh smelling bowl eligibility. they're going against Stanford. Stanford ain't a good team. Mm. they just ain't I mean, they're coming off of bye week, so there is that. Friday seven pm ESPN this is a Friday game. uh Colorado will desperately want to win. No, they
2: don't. ASU and Stanford don't play. They don't. What what a pity. It's kind of fun that both could go undefeated and 12 play. That's right. That's right. That's why they could both go unwin-feated.
0: They should make them play if they do do that. That would be fun, just to determine yeah, at like truly. the same
2: time as the Pac-12 championship. Yeah. the like yeah. the, the the no one can be wins. Yeah, exactly.
0: And fortunately, they've both won a game, which was pretty close, honestly, yeah. for yeah. ASU. because um, if because otherwise, you know, we got to preserve the zero twelve Washington, uh, yeah. record. So yeah, it's vital. This one, you imagine Stanford's gonna win. Um, I mean, well, every, sorry. You imagine Colorado? Every win. team in
2: the Pac-12 has won a game, so there's no yes, no risk to we are the absolutely to that. safe. The, the Pac-12 will go to its demise <laughs> with no with with uh, the University of Washington being the last team to go winless. It's beautiful. Oh, Wow. Here, though, it. Stanford,
0: uh, you know, like. If Stanford's going to pull one of those Stanford upset moments, this would be a good time for it to do it because Colorado obviously is, is it's bark is a lot more, is a lot worse than its bite in reality when you look at its line play. So Stanford could make, could upset here. um, Really? But Colorado is a better team because Stanford is that bad of a team. Who do you got, Aaron?
1: Oh, I'm going with Colorado for sure.
0: Of course you are. I think you're going out with them the rest of the season I mean I
1: probably might. I like uh I like the idea of them and I don't even get advertised them. You know what? Um purely
0: because I'm gonna try to catch up with Hithleday and so I'm gonna need to win some, you know, some of these and I don't uh-huh. know what he's choosing. But I will go with Stanford purely <laughs> not because of my confidence with Stanford, but because I think like, well, they gotta win a Pac twelve game this is unfortunately in Boulder, too. I think that environment's going to be pretty crazy because fans are going to be like, oh, we can maybe watch Colorado win. That would be nice. So I think even I'm going against my brain here, and I'm going with my gut, Uh-huh. and I'm going with Stanford, even though it's probably not going to happen. But it's going to happen eventually, and I'm going to need to get well, some upsets. Well, it sounds upsets. like your gut's
1: full of shit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, it's early in the morning i've had a lot of coffee uh uh Hithliday, who are you going with on this one
2: uh i got Colorado yeah um yeah you know l- last week i i said the only thing that gave me pause about um picking Colorado over ASU was the fact that the the game was played at home uh for ASU and mm-hmm. that, you know both of those teams were much stronger at home than on the road and and i think that let you know hmm. i i think that that played out you know i You know, I think that was a big factor in why ASU kept it as close as they did against um, uh, Colorado. Like, actually, the game was interesting to watch because Arizona State led for much of it. But Mm -hmm. that was true largely because, like, Kenny Dillingham came out with a really good scripted first drive, and then Colorado had a hard time getting it going. But then as soon as they did, it was like, I forget what it was, but like, they basically like scored the last 14 points of the game, you know, like it was just like, Colorado was a better team. They just needed some time, you know, to get going. And I really sort of feel like that was the crowd, you know, like the crowd had a lot to do with that. And now that that's sort of reversed, you know, and it's like, you know, Colorado gets to play at home. Like, I don't, yeah th- that factor that was yeah. like holding them back you know and then like look at the way the colorado played you know at home versus you know l- look at the you know the massive comeback they had against like colorado state you know and like look at the massive comeback they had against usc you know like they, they just like feed off of their crowds so much yeah. like I-, I know how much I, like a lazy commentator i sound like because like so many lazy commentators you know do sound like that and uh, uh, but like I- i'm just saying that like. Like on paper, Colorado is a much better team than Stanford mm-hmm. is. And to the extent that you can explain them, you know, underperforming in certain games, like like the crowd or lack of crowd, I think is all you need to explain that factor. It's yeah. not a factor in this game. So I've got no compunction. Gimme Colorado. It's also like what do you what are you betting
0: on with Stanford? You yeah know. exactly yeah
2: i mean if i had to bet on something it would be i think that stanford's cornerbacks in their run game you know will give colorado some trouble um but like uh uh i don't think that's enough you know i think that that uh Co- i think that colorado's edges um will actually be more than adequate to get to uh stanford's passer and so mm. uh, you know i think their passer is going to be under uh, fire uh, i think it's whoever stanford selects for their quarterback uh which mm-hmm. is not a fraught question is going to be under fire all day um and i, I think that uh that 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 Colorado has enough passing weapons to attack against the middle of the field, um, where Stanford is very vulnerable. So I don't really think that they're going to have any difficulty, you know, putting up points against them. Fair enough. And also,
1: oh. Day, I just want you to know, I don't think anyone would ever say you're lazy. So
2: mm. Mm. Oh, thank you. Mm.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> You get those um, negative you, you thoughts should,
2: out of your head, sir. You should read my Twitter feed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Quite a oh my few. God.
1: <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, by I can't go to that website because I don't want to help the stock value. Fair
0: enough. Oh, don't worry. That's plummeting. Uh, number 16, Utah. Still ranked. That's nice to see. Number 16, Utah versus Cal. Cal, once again, not a good team. Saturday, 12 p.m., Pac-12. Um, hmm. Here's the problem. Well, what's that?
1: No matter what I pick for Utah, they will always do the opposite, or that is how it's happened so far this season. Mm. So you're putting me in a pickle here because I have to pick Utah, but it just seems like if I don't pick them, if you know what I mean? It seems yeah. like I'm picking them so they're going to lose well, to Cal. even without
0: uh, Cam Rising, who
1: probably –
0: because even if he was healthy – at this point, like, if if I'm Kyle Whittingham, I'm like, well, let's see where we're at. The, I don't know if we need to start you. Let's see where we're at the half. Like, this is Cal, after all. Like, obviously, you don't want to lose, but I, I don't know if Cal is good at anything when it comes to football. Um, so that's I mean, why I'm going with Utah. Can you tell me anything Cal is good
2: at, day Well, okay, this sort of necessitates talking about the Cal Oregon State game uh, mm-hmm. last week because I guess yeah. we was on a buy last week. Um, that game was uh, OK. So the the relevant fact that happened last week uh, is that Cal started out a new quarterback uh, who's Fernando Mendoza, mm-hmm. uh, a, a two star uh, whose only offers were from Penn and Yale um, and. <laughs> And, cool. uh, uh, and uh, Rob Wong, uh, took great pains to let me know when we interviewed him over the summer, is, in fact, on scholarship for Cal. Uh, I, <laughs> I started he was a walk-on and, like, came down on me like a ton of bricks. No, he <laughs> on scholarship. Um, and, uh, and, and dude put up, like, 32 points in three quarters on Oregon State's defense. And, like, I sort of, you know, have been maintaining, like, all all off season and all of this season, like Oregon state's defense actually sucks. Like, and they've just been playing terrible teams and they just lost everybody off of it. Last year's, you know, good defense who were a bunch of like sixth year seniors who like finally had to graduate. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and and so like Cal, you know, who does nothing against nobody, you know, you know, finally puts up a bunch of points behind a two-star, you know, quarterback. Is that because their two-star quarterback is actually a diamond in the rough and is like actually secretly a great quarterback, or was this just the first time Oregon State played any offense that you know had a pulse, you know, at all, <laughs> you know? Uh, well, I sort of suspect, you know, the the, the latter. That, that Cal's offense still just kind of sucks, and Oregon State's defense still just really sucks. And, and, you know, but like, but but Oregon State's, you know, probably sucky defense also shut down Utah's definitely sucky offense. So like, so what's going to happen when Cal plays Utah? Right. So it's like. Uh, you know, basically my prediction for the Cal versus Utah game is like a zero, zero tie. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so like, I, I don't know where you, where Vegas is getting the line of like Utah by 13 and a half. Like, like That's I might nuts. think of 13 and a half is like the over under for this ah. game, you know, <laughs> like, like, yeah. I don't think anybody's going to score any points in this game at all, because I think that Utah, wow. like, actually like, unlike Oregon state, I think that Utah actually has a defense. Um, And like, like, Cal is sort of this I don't think their defense is good good but I think it's like a bunch of like it's like but then Oregon State on the hand dropped a 50 burger on them you know and I don't really think Oregon State's offense is very good like 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 Cal's defense made the hodgepodge of DJ Uyungle who I don't think is a very good quarterback and the true freshman Aiden Childs who's playing like every third drive look like they were tissue paper so like I don't really think much of like Cal's defense so like is Cal's nothing of a defense. Defense gonna gonna be able to stop you know is like the movable object of Cal's defense gonna put up any resistance to the you know resistible force that is Utah's <laughs> nothing offense like yeah. dude this like this game is potentially just gonna be. It could go in so many different directions, like, none good. Like, these two teams just are, Might it might be a totally unwatchable mess, or it might be, like, the most, like, Pac-12 chaos nonsense you've ever seen. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, this might be the most, like, watchable game just for, like, popcorn reasons. Like, what is this? Cal you does know? a
0: fourteen-zero lead to start. But then two pick sixes gets Utah to sky uh, to yeah. tie it, and then a uh, uh, safety to win. Yeah, or, something or like, like, that. like
2: this game is like nothing but pick sixes. Yeah, just like. Like the game is entirely defensive scores, you know, or like it's it's six to four all safeties, you know, or like so you going with the home team like in Salt Lake City. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm I, I'm I'm picking Utah. The game is played in rice Eccles. That's the only data point that is necessary. Mm-hmm. I think both of these game these teams for different reasons, you know, just Cal because Justin Wilcox is a terrible roster manager in Utah because they're injured to hell. Um, yeah, you know, just suck out loud this season um and so like who knows what happens when two teams that suck out loud play um but when i'm faced with two teams that i don't know the answer to i go with the home team and utah's got like one of the biggest you know home field advantages in college football so give me the home team there you go oh um, well
0: shit i didn't get to pick yeah you said utah no you know? i only said every time well, i go with them they first, do the opposite motherfucker so who do you got Cal. okay that's Thank wrong. You. But all I right. honestly
2: would not like. I wouldn't fall, fall out of my chair shocked if Cal won yeah. this game. Like the, Utah's just because, offense, like has any been, like wacky yeah. things could happen. You know,
0: Utah's offense been nuts. Um, this one, of because, course, like, number guess seven. What
2: like we we've already established a circle of suck in the Pac-12, right? Hmm. You know, because Utah beat UCLA, which just beat Wazoo, which beat Oregon State, which beat Utah. You know, and like the question is like, does that mean all four of those teams are real good? Or does that mean that all four of those teams are real bad? Uh, I'm kind of inclined to thinking, like, all four of those teams are really kind of incomplete and, jer- and kind of, like, herky-jerky. You know, like, they, they've they got, like, some good things going on, but, like, their lines aren't very good. And so, like, any given, you know, the the, the result is, like, any given team can beat any other in, in like, the, the not, like, top couple of teams of the Pac-12 that... Here, this is the line that won't surprise you in any given year of the Pac-12. Any team can beat any other team on any Saturday. (laughs) There we go. So, like, guess what? Cal and Utah are any team. (laughs) Yeah. So any outcome could occur.
0: Well, hopefully not in this one. Number seven, Washington, at number eight, Oregon, Saturday, twelve thirty p.m. ABC Game Day. Aaron, where do your allegiances lie? Right here. Who's winning?
1: I thought the game was at Husky Stadium. It is. Washington. At Oops, I ducks? I
0: hit the wrong thing. Is okay. this? I said it's at Eugene. Is this mistake here enough to uh, to you brought to down jinx the games?
1: There it goes. Well, obviously it's the Ducks all day, baby doll.
0: You're going with the Ducks. I, I, I'm trying to think if this is a value pick for me. Could I go with the Huskies just simply me? to catch In up? This to catch up. I'm trying I mean, to you think. You know what
2: my pick is already. and You're trying to catch me.
0: Exactly. You're going with Oregon. I will. Uh, I'll do this. Just so if we lose, I can wow. have some sense of being happy, and as in no, the can't. sense of being right, I'll go with UW. Mm. Okay. My favorite but team.
1: Here's the deal. If Washington loses, mm-hmm. you lose three points. <laughs> what? No, what? I don't want to do no, that.
0: No, 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 that's not fair. That's not that's fair. Not, I'm already taking cool. a. I'm already a going on a limb. It's a penalty for
1: going against your own team. It's I'm already going
0: on a limb here. You should want me to do this. <laughs> you, you want to catch up to me if you're sure of Morgan. So we'll skip right ahead of that. We'll, we've already talked to number 19 Wazoo versus Arizona Saturday 4 p.m. Pac-12 Network. Uh, Wazoo is coming off a, a honestly not as close, uh, loss against UCL as it looks. It, it was pretty, the offense was just oh, stuffed. Well, I, in my about opinion.
2: That. Uh, Wazoo was actually moving the ball pretty well, but then they kept turning the ball over. And yes, And then is true. they started sucking. It was yeah. actually kind of weird watching that game. Any, anyway, I mean, uh, it, you're... You're, you're right that by the second half of that game, yeah, like UCLA's defense had them straight up shut down. But the first half was crazy in that Wazoo was really moving the ball. Well, yeah. but then UCLA would poke the ball out.
0: Well, and there was that 14 point swing where yeah. it was like UCLA was about to, you know, was like yeah, knocking yeah. on the end yeah, that zone also is true. and then a pick six. And then suddenly it was, uh, I did Washington state have the lead at halftime because of that. Uh, uh It was a lot of missed opportunities. I mean, UCLA didn't look great, which is why I say
2: like incomplete teams. You know. Yeah.
0: Exactly, Um, and in front of nobody. Like maybe if there was a a better home field advantage, but there was no one, no fans there. Versus Arizona, which Aaron, you called, you said Arizona was going to beat, you know, top ten USC in the Coliseum, and it nearly goddamn happened. Oh, it didn't happen. Whenever
1: I looked, it was tied or some
2: shit. Well, you stopped watching. The game seventeen to zero. Yeah, they led wow. seventeen to zero. USC rallied back. I was just like, I was, I was ready to convert to Schroederism. I was <laughs> like, I don't know what garments you have to wear for that, but like, I was yeah. ready to buy them. Like, uh, Noah Fafita, it, just corduroy, engineered it. Yeah, it, it was very
0: fun to watch. Very uh, some stupid coaching in that one as well. Um, some bad special teams plays.
2: There was a lot of stupid coaching on both sides of that yeah. game.
0: Yeah. Caleb Williams ends up just doing crazy Caleb Williams. Wakes up and then just decides to win the game. Arizona nearly freaking had it. Are you back in the Wildcats again, or are you going with the other cats, the Cougars?
1: Uh, I feel like at this point it's probably smartest to go with the ranked team in this scenario. (whistles) I don't see Arizona being able to muster a whole lot of life after whatever has been going on. So Mm -hmm. Washington State, Cougars.
0: Okay, well, they are the home team. We all know the Palouse is a pretty gnarly place to play. The, also, the I just want to Pullman. bring
1: up: it doesn't look like a cougar
2: head; it looks like a snail.
0: Hmm, I mean kind of. Mm. I mean, it looks like a cougar head to me, but mm. um, I get what you mean. Snail wise, it, it looks
2: like it looks like Battle Cat from. He-Man. Yes, yes, it does. Um, it's like the W looks like armor. You know, I I'm That's not sure.
0: <laughs> I don't think Arizona is good enough. Uh, you know, Jaden DeLora may actually be playing for this next one, too. I don't think that Arizona is good enough to win in this environment. I don't know that that's an advantage. Yeah, I know. It, me, too. Like, I would be more confident in them. I like Noah Fita more. I would have more confidence in them if he was starting instead of just the wild card, wild cat that is Jaden DeLora. Um, on the road, was, and Wazoo's had, like, a good enough defense that— I do think they're going to win, but I think this will be really close. I do think it's going to be a close one, but I will go with the Cougs on this one.
2: How about you, Hiff? Uh, I'm going to go with the Cougs as well, basically for the reasons that you stated. I do think it's interesting the defense that Johnny Nansen for Arizona has trotted out the last two games where they basically play seven defensive backs like Mm -hmm. against the last two teams that they played uh, uh, Washington and USC, which are, you know, pretty pass heavy teams. Like he's probably going to do it a third time in a row um, against Wazoo, which is also like a, you know, pretty pass heavy team. And it's probably going to work. Um, Uh, uh, you know, UCLA completely shut down, you know, the remnants of Wazoo's run game without a whole lot of effort and just, you know, rushing three, um, you Mm -hmm. know, Adam, uh, cause the, the, you know, Wazoo's O-line kind of stinks, um, like, so, you know, I don't think they're really going to pay the price, uh, uh, for, for, for playing a light box, um, so like, yeah, I am also predicting a, a low scoring game or, a, a, or a, a tighter game, you know, in this one. Uh, it's just like I just I'm not a big believer in Arizona's like uh, offense uh, this year. And I also think that like their offensive line, like the, the big coup for Arizona offensively was bringing back their uh, their good left tackle, uh, Jordan Morgan, after he got hurt um in, in last year and then he was like projected to go to the nfl but then he announced that he was you know going to come back and play for arizona this year and then he sort of like stunk it up on the field <laughs> and i don't know if he's like he just never recovered from his injury or he's just regressed or what the deal is but like he has been getting you know just wrecked um like every game that i've watched him and if i had to, i've had to watch arizona in a bunch of games it's just been a weird artifact of like Arizona <laughs> plays a bunch of teams that Oregon's gonna play um and uh, uh yeah like the poor guy and and like Wazoo's big defensive strength is their edges um and I just think that like Wazoo's just gonna eat um Arizona's offensive line alive and so that's gonna keep their score low and so you know I think it's actually gonna weirdly be a low score like everybody's predicting is a high scoring game it's like oh man these offenses but I actually think it's gonna be a low scoring game and like give me the home team in a low scoring game
0: yeah I'm I'm this, not a big fan of Cam Ward much either.
1: Honestly, seems yeah, like this I think week.
2: He... Oh, go ahead, Aaron. Oh, I was just gonna say it seems like this week in the Pac-12,
1: it's gonna be a lot of low-scoring games. Mm-hmm. It'll be a boring week in the
2: Pac-12. <laughs> I can think of one that'll probably be a little higher-scoring. Yeah, Kim Ward's the interesting one. Like, I, I got to, after the Washington game. I got to do Wazoon uh, next. Like, I was I, I was skeptical of him last year. I he started out the season, you know, pretty hot, and a lot of people were like, Kim Ward fixed all his issues. And I was watching his tape, and I'm like, I'm not really sure that's true. I, I think Oregon State just has a bad defense. Uh, yeah. And then like UCLA dismantled him, you uh-huh. know, this last weekend. And I'm sort of like, there was one uh, film reviewer who never <laughs> regained, you know, faith. You <laughs> know, I
0: think just, I think there's a lot of yeah people that are just looking at Wazoo's scores at the end of these games and just assuming that he's taking over like and leading them down these awesome epic drives and I, I just I'm not really seeing yeah, it I, I think there are
2: a lot of box score analysts
0: yeah out there that's very true now the next one this is a big one and it involves huh a non Pac-12 school the E-cough. fighting Irish that's right it's on almost NBC all of these Peacock. are non
2: Pac-12 schools yeah
0: Nowadays, unfortunately. Um, here we go. Notre Dame. Now, they got a lot of hype early on by, like, I, I think they played, like, Air Force or Army, like, week week zero or week one. And, and a lot of people, they dismantled that team, and they got really excited about that. Since then, they've had a, a couple of big marquee games. Like, they lost Ohio State. That, that was a very close one. They very... If only I mean, they, they remembered how many
2: players they yeah. were allowed to field on defense. That's,
0: That's right. Two different plays at the very end. They only had ten players out there. Um which is which is sad. Uh they they beat Duke, a good Duke team that beat mm-hmm. Clemson, but that was a close game. Uh and they just lost to Lawville, uh thirty three to twenty. So they mm-hmm. have been humbled a bit here. Um other than that, though, a lot of you know, they they've put up good offense against some bad teams which makes me think they could score a bunch on this USC team (laughs) because this I mean if you don't like just quit football you know (laughs) like exactly especially it's like whatever you want to do against this USC defense you can probably do it if you're a halfway decent team like Notre Dame's got some talent on the line like I think they can just Run through USC, hmm. and it's gonna come down to like every single week. Can Caleb Williams just go god mode on their ass? Mm-hmm. He probably can. Is that enough to win? I don't know. This is definitely the best team USC has played all season, huh? Um, you know, well, it's today. on the road to date, yeah. Uh, it's on the road, so that I do think that will matter a lot.
1: Oh. I might have to go with uh, Notre Dame on this one.
0: This is a tough one, man. This is this is really tough. Uh, You know, I am not gonna lie; I haven't watched many. I've watched highlights of Notre Dame games, sure, um, but I haven't watched full. You know, tuned in because I am watching Pac twelve. I watched a lot of USC (laughs) though, and they've been begging for a loss. I mean, they've they three overtimes with Arizona. They nearly lose to Colorado by just completely letting them score on, you know, on their number one defense. They are, it's a close game against Arizona State on the road. Uh, Even in the games that are blowouts, a lot of them, they're still allowing a lot of points. I don't, I, I just can't keep happening. Eventually, it has to end. I think this is where it ends. I think USC loses this game, and I think they get knocked down to, like, suddenly they're, like, number 18, number 20 in the poll because I think people are, like, catching on to them too. Um, I, I do think they're going to lose to the Fighting Irish here. Um, yeah, just because just they kind of suck. I mean, they could still beat us in Eugene because, again, like their offense is good. They got a great player, but I'm more afraid of Washington certainly than USC because uh, they got so many obvious flaws. And day thanks to you, anyone who's listening to you knows this as well. Is that USC? They have a great offense because they've, or they got a good offense because they have. Uh, some great skill players and they've got a Heisman worthy, Heisman winning uh, quarterback but that O-line is going to make it so you can disrupt this offense you can like get you know like Caleb Williams is going to have to do next level shit to, to really beat you it seems like if you got a decent team um, and I, I think that the line play is going to doom USC in this one so I'm going with the Irish
2: uh, I mean, if you're asking me to compare USC and, and Washington, they, they sort of concern me in, di- in different ways. Yeah. And also like one's a road game and one's a home game. Yeah. You know, yeah. W- one is like a multi-dimensional offense and one is a very one-dimensional offense, like they're their their defenses are you know different caliber like they're they're pretty apples and oranges teams like uh yeah you know like both of them you know i i don't really believe in their offensive lines like you know washington's is 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 totally god-awful i think that usc's is actually better but on the other hand Mm. the usc relies on their offensive line a lot more than washington does so like true you know it's like you know one is worse but it matters less like that's man i i wasn't really <laughs> prepared to answer that question i would have to like give that a whole lot of thought um oh no worries it, it like so so i'm gonna punt on that question plus like i'm i'm done with my film study on washington like i'm not done with my film study on usc like i barely even started um uh so i don't i don't know um the uh, uh in terms of like you know the, the the general like hey just looking at their trajectory of usc where they're playing like you know Closer games than they ought to against teams that, like, don't have nearly the same amount of talent that they do, like, that's true, and that, you know, Notre Dame is a team that's, like, much closer to them in terms of talent, so, like, hey, if I'm just playing the trajectory here, like... Hey, they're you know like uh, a team that has comparable talent ought to be able to push over the finish line like that's I don't know, that seems pretty logical um, like uh, you know on, on the advanced metrics uh, you know uh, s- several different advanced metrics have like Notre Dame winning at like 60 70 percent other ones think think the game is basically a tie um, hmm. at any rate you know Notre Dame is the home team no, that really matters you know like you know South Bend is you know tends to be fairly quiet um mm-hmm. but uh you know you know it's still the case that the team that has to get up and travel tends to play at about a two-point disadvantage of their normal output um the which you know maybe the deciding factor in the game it was the deciding factor last game mm-hmm. um uh it, it's also the case that like you know notre dame has pretty good film students like they they they, they clearly you know you can tell that from the way that they played Louisville yeah george lucas uh that was usc
0: um, I thought that's what you said. Sorry, uh, I'll edit that out. No one will hear it. Don't worry. Uh, yeah.
2: and Kathleen Kennedy is also a USC alum. Um, yeah, that's sure. uh, <laughs> right. Er, yeah, er, er, everybody who's associated with USC is either a fraud or criminal or ruined Star Wars. Um, <laughs> the uh, uh so um uh, like I I think Notre Dame is set up to win this game just from like the thirty five thousand foot view, but like I on the other hand, like Notre Dame just keeps botching games and USC keeps winning them. So like, give me USC.
0: Oh, there we go. I like that. I just, uh,
2: I think Notre Dame's a loser program. Like, I'm sorry. Like I, I love it. Like it's (laughs) like, I I know how like (laughs) non-technical that sounds, but like, like Notre Dame just this year, they don't win games like this. They lose games like this. Yeah. And, and USC wins games like like they play them close, and you're like cursing at your screen for them, but then they win them. You just I'm like pissed that's what's off. gonna happen.
0: You just pissed off our over 60 fan base so hard. I think they turned off their old school radio listening to this game. Um, and of course in true 12 fashion I've saved uh, one of the more interesting games for the very end when we have the least amount of time. number 15 Oregon State versus number 18 UCLA actually I think it's gonna be ugly as hell. Um, UCLA they probably they have at least a, a decent good, you know, maybe great, but decent to good defense. They got a freshman QB who's talented but making mistakes. Uh, number fifteen, Oregon State. Coming off DG DJU's maybe his best game of his career, but it was against Cal. Keep that in mind. Mm. This is in this is in Corvallis. Saturday, five PM Fox. I don't know if Aaron can hear me out in the ether, but um which one? Which one do I feel like is going to win this one? Hmm. Well, uh, Aaron, you're here. Who who are you going to choose here? Oh, the, Beavs, uh, the I, Bruins.
1: Uh, you know, there's something about Oregon State I just don't like, Ooh. and uh, there's something about UCLA that just grinds my gears, and I can't trust them for shit. So I'll oh. just have to say I think I'll go with Oregon State.
0: Now you sound like a true Oregon fan. All that all that answer I really respected actually. Um... <laughs> This is a tough one. You know, I I am starting to to believe in uh, UCLA's defense a little bit. Um, I'm assuming it'll travel to Corvallis. So I think this game will at least be close because I think DJU will be rattled. Um, And so maybe if you're able to stop Oregon State's run game, maybe that throws everything into just a gunky, nasty game. Um, And then... It then it comes down to Dante Moore. can he play a mistake free game? Can he play the game of his career right now this would this would definitely be a huge one. I'm gonna in order to be different from Aaron and to have a little bit of fun, I think the Bruins are winning this one on the road. I think it'll if cool. it'll have to be ugly if they win. Because um, their offense hasn't exactly been humming, surprisingly, under Chip Kelly, but not surprisingly under Chip Kelly at UCLA. Uh, some
2: weird stuff going on there. I'll go with UCLA. Hithleday, you got a pick on this one? Uh, uh, sure. Um I mean, first, I'll note like the advanced analytics on this one are like have it dead tied like, mm. you know, every system, you know, with the exception of ESPN, FBI, which loves Oregon State, I don't know why, um, you know, th- thinks this, you know, this is going to be a dead tie. My charting system has it as a dead tie Um, the, the you know, I would give a slight edge to, to Oregon State on on being a, a home field and like Reserve stadium loves, you know, beefs. Um uh, I, I, you know, I I sort of think that both of these teams are are, are a little bit you know fraudulent. You know, as I mm-hmm. talked about with sort of the circles suck you know issue. Like I think they're both pretty incomplete teams. You know, uh I uh, you know what is going to be the you know the tiebreaker for me. You know, and, and why I'm going to pick Oregon State is the David Woods theory. And you can advertise this one on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh uh david woods is high on ucla uh, like th- you know that dude uh sells all of his stock on ucla every single year uh he gets down in the dumps on ucla he hates them he he affects like being a jaded worldly ucla fan who's not really a fan until they have like one seemingly good performance and then he's right back on the bandwagon like he pulls all of his blue and gold shit out of the closet you know and and he buys whatever you know narrative appears to be the case out of the last game and he massively overreacts to it and then he is always always the next week just like smashed into a million pieces (laughs) and so this is the game uh that that's going to happen to him in you know like oregon state is just going to smash him into a million pieces they're going to score a million points on ucla's supposedly good defense and like yeah that illusion is going to be shattered like i get you know on the david woods theory uh yeah the day is vicious today
0: he is David Woods, podcast of champions. Uh, yeah, a friend of the show, I think. Yeah, yeah maybe. Who knows? Um, <laughs> way to like, go. Making Those David
2: Woods tweets about how UCLA has a good defense look stupid is the most reliable clock in college football. So, yeah. That does sound about it.
0: right. That does sound about right. We'll see how this ages. We'll see if David Woods uh, has something to say about it. Here we go. So, this is where we were last week. Adam had 33 points on the season. Aaron, 30. Hithloday, 38. Really pulling away. Now, uh, Hithliday and I made the exact same pick, so that's not going to change. However, so, Aaron only got to... Uh, Hithleday and I both got three. There's only four games played, so we'll see. This is still a close one. We've 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 varied in picks this one too. But
2: yeah. Aaron Aaron almost got us on the game of the week. I was mean, yeah. so crazy.
0: That one should have been worth I was more points.
2: Wet and bullets, man. Like... That
0: one should have been worth more points. Maybe in the future here we'll do like if you're choosing like a you know by like. You know, two touchdown underdog, you get an extra point or something like that. day Aaron, we've come to the point of the show where we're going to make some crazy predictions here, very specific predictions for this Oregon Washington mm. game. Now, now, what are we going to do here? Um, uh, anyone got one popping off the top of your head? I, yep. I can't really think of one.
1: Fog will be Fog. in play.
0: Hmm. And okay.
1: And an announcer will in fact call it the Seattle Cush.
0: <laughs> I like this. Maybe if if Robert Griffin III, if if he was if he's calling it, I bet you he will. Which I hope he is. That'd be fun. Um, for me, I I got a prediction here. At one point, a duck will have an awesome touchdown. I don't know whether it's defensive or offensive. Hopefully, it's a pick six. That'd be fun. Uh, for old time's sake. And the cameras will cut to an Oregon Duck fan and a recently spurned Washington State Coug fan who is in the stands wearing full wazoo gear, both giving each other high five over the score. I am predicting that. Hit the day. How about you? What you got?
2: Uh, you know how many times College Game Day has been to the University of Washington?
0: I Three. want it. A- Is it one, I'm guessing? Uh,
2: They have been uh, there twice. This will be the third time. Uh, Do you know what uh, Washington's record is in those games? I'm hoping 0. 0 and 2. They are 0 and 2. Hell yeah. Blown out in both games. The first time by Oregon, the second time by USC. Wow. Um, Dang.
0: So you think it'll be a blowout?
2: Make it 0 and 3.
0: Ooh, I love it! I love it. We're either gonna be real happy next week. I can't even imagine the amount of hype we're gonna have at the beginning of next episode if we win, or we're gonna be bummed. Either way, tune into the Quack Twelve podcast. Thank you so much, Hifliday, for your time. Addicted to Quack is where y'all need to go. Read the duct tape articles. Look at the duct tape duct tape articles. Share them uh, at Quack Twelve podcast. Where you can find us on Twitter. And we'll see y'all next week. Quack, quack. quack Go quack. Ducks. Beat the Huskies.